0: Good morning, happy Sunday. Is it pretty sweet or what? Sweet that it's Sunday. I like Sunday better than any other day of the week. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm pretty confident that Sunday's my my favorite day of the week. Monday's a close second, it's my day off, so that's kind of fun too. So maybe you feel the opposite. It's like Saturday was really cool and Sunday's like the climax, but uh, just really good to be in the house of the Lord. I missed you a ton last week. We were at Act Like Men. Can you see my vest? Yeah, you can, you can you see my vest? I can see your vest, right? So, so Brent, like, totally botched that whole thing because I'm just, I love him, but, like, like, he didn't give us the cue. Like, you can't just say wolf and expect people to say, you can't, you can't do that, right? You have to, like, give the cue that it's coming. So it's something like this. Oh, 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 right? Wolf. 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 wolf Oh, oh. That's how it goes. Sorry, it's a little silly to you, but it means the world to us. All right, uh, as men, it's kind of fun to act like a man and kind of let it all out. So many times in our lives, um, you know, we have to kind of be the man, right? We have we have to like. Bear up under everything. We, I, my wife says I don't smile as much as I used to. I think that's probably true. Five kids and a church of 500. You know, you kind of have to... So getting away for like three days to just be with men and, and go after hard the things that God's called us to and to let your hair down. I don't have a lot because I just had a haircut. But like to let your hair down, so to speak, and just uh, relax and rest in what God's word says it was phenomenal and I want to commend that to every one of you guys okay Um, there's some guys that stayed behind because they had to serve the church I appreciate that we're going to try to make that different next year but those of you that could choose I just want to implore you I want to encourage you right you will not regret going you will not regret the investment of money whatever it is it was small Uh, You will not regret the investment of time. That was probably larger. You will not regret the investment, all right? So just want to encourage you all to go. And uh, next year, we'll have the Act Like Men nights. You go out all those and uh, get deeper in your walk with other men and then go forward. You're like, why are you spending so much time on this? Because I could have just said Happy Father's Day, but I realized that makes uh, people really happy and people really unhappy because I don't know how your human dad was, Right? So instead of that, I'm teaching you, like, that's fine. We could talk about Happy Father's Day. It's, you know, we celebrate times and seasons. We're not really supposed to, but we do. It's weird, right? But what's important is we act like men. We live godly, right? Not perfectly, but going after it. And we need every ounce of help we can get, eh? Is that true or what? All right. So... Let's get some help from the Word of God. So open up to Acts 28. We're going to finish our series called <laughs> Unstoppable, the Power of Complete Surrender, which sets in a greater series called a whole year theme, right, called Unstoppable, the Power Within the Church, which sets in <laughs> a greater thing, which is a three-year theme for our church called built strong you're like whoa dude you guys are into themes and series and stuff yeah well I guess we are I think God's word doesn't need packaging but people do and so we try to put handles on it so that you can grip it and you can take it you can internalize it you can live it out so that's what we're doing and I got to tell you man this theme built strong has been a good theme for our church and our church is going to be needing to be stronger now than it's ever been before and uh, I'm really excited that we will be and that we are already. The title of the message today is Invest Now. And uh, no, I am not your financial advisor. He would be telling you that as well. All right? Invest now. Invest now. Invest now. Invest now. When is a good time? The market's up. Invest now. The market's down. Invest now. That doesn't matter. The market can be however it is. It's always time to invest now if you're talking to a financial advisor. I love you guys. Sorry, Kendall. I love you. I've never been in a meeting with any financial advisor who isn't like, invest now, it's a good time, right? But the title of the message is, and, and investing is a, a wise thing, right? You want to invest. And so I'm going to talk about that in a positive light, but I'm going to take a different twist to it because I believe the Bible is talking about something different here. Invest now. Right? The title of the message is Invest Now. We've been memorizing a phrase. What is the phrase? I am ready, not willing, but ready, right, to suffer and die for Jesus. I am ready to suffer and die for Jesus. I pray that we will have that memorized, that we will have that on the tip of our tongue as we walk out of this series, that we will apply that to our life. Now, even as I say that, I think we all kind of feel this way like yeah i'm ready to suffer and die for jesus christ but i'm hoping that it won't be today and i'm hoping that it won't be this week and i'm hoping that i won't have to i'm hoping it won't be now right i'm willing i'm ready to do it later just not now (laughs) so we're ending on a good note because now is now right and we're supposed to invest now you're going to see it in the passage Paul in chapter 28 just keeps going after it he's he's still the same Paul he's ready to suffer and die for Jesus Christ and uh, this thing called complete surrender that we've been studying it's not an option right this isn't like I've been kind of warming you up all series for this moment this isn't an option this isn't like well yeah I feel like it today I don't feel like it tomorrow yeah well it's good oh that was a good message maybe complete surrender is a good thing but that one wasn't so good, so maybe it isn't such a great thing. No, complete surrender isn't an option. It is commanded, it is expected of every true follower of Jesus Christ. Are we clear on that? What is it? It's an option. What is it? It's a command, right? It's expected. It's not optional. And so complete surrender is something that, uh, as we studied it, My heart's just gotten cranked up more and more. So I'm going to tell you three ways to invest now. Three ways to invest now. If your Bible's open to Acts 28, say it's open. Awesome. Good. Paul, yours is open. You just don't want to participate. I'm just kidding you. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Got you. All right. There's like 10 of you I could have said that to. You're like, I'm open. I I don't want to do that. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. So it seems so childlike, but it's fun to be together in it. So. Acts 28 verses 1 through 6 is the first reason. Here it is. Three ways to invest now. Here's the first way. Serve in every circumstance. I'm telling you, it's not easy to serve. Right? I see my wife tirelessly get up, clothe the kids, you know, bathe the kids, uh, give them meals prepare when I'm preparing a message on a Saturday night she's sacrificing everything she has you know when most people are like Saturday night let's go have some fun she's like she's pouring it all out right serving our family serving you as a church so that I can be serving you as a church trying to get this message under wraps and just you know what I mean that's just one example I'm not trying to be uh, whatever I could say that about any of y'all right serving in every circumstance and sometimes it's easy to do that on Saturday night. Sometimes it's really hard for her to do that on Saturday night. Sometimes it's a tough thing. Right? It, it, the circumstances change. Emotions are different. You know, attitudes change. But the word of God does not change. Read it. Here it is. After we were brought safely through. Now, just a re- little recap in case you haven't been here the last couple of weeks. Brought th- safely through means <laughs> uh, uh, 14 days shipwreck. Right? Without food. As in, the boat is tossing so much I can't get my hand in my mouth. Like, man, they would have all died. Yeah, I think they were on the verge. Right? And and not only 14 days for Paul, but then the two years he was in Caesarea before that, right? Just under lock and key. Sure, there was some favor and all that. He was able to minister during that time. But, I mean, this had to be pretty hard. And to hear the words brought safely through has to be really encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to you if you're going through a hard time. That one day, uh, I was just talking to Ed, one of our elders. um, You know, If you watch the sun come up, it's just so awesome. The Bible says, His going forth is as sure as the dawn. His mercies are new every morning. When was the last time you were like, I don't know if the sun's coming up today? You've never thought that thought. You've always just expected it to happen. So let's apply that to God and his goodness. Brought safely through. I just expect that we're going to be brought safely through whatever we go through. When then, we learned that the island was called Malta. Anybody ever been to Malta? Anybody? Come on, nobody? I mean, after studying this, I kind of want to go. It's like perfect climate, best place ever it's an island, I'm not too excited about that, but but I want to go, all right? And I want to go see St. Paul's Bay. There's a reason it's called St. Paul's Bay because that's where Paul washed ashore and this all happened there. And the native people, uh, non-Greek speaking, barbarians, whatever, that's just a term, native people showing us unusual kindness. So that's a circumstance. We're brought safely through a shipwreck. We were shown unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us. That's that's a circumstance. We we're being welcomed. I hope you were welcomed at church today. If you weren't, I'd like to say, hey, welcome. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate you being here. Because it had begun to rain and was cold. That's a circumstance. I mean, there's just all these circumstances in here. We don't like rain. We don't like cold. I don't. I don't want to freeze to death in the winter. We. Stay inside for three months of the year. Um, When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging on his hand, can you just picture this? I don't have a fake snake, but can you just picture this? like... I might panic, I don't know, I hate snakes. Like, and he's like, throws it in the fire. Maybe he had to squeeze the neck to get it off, I don't know. Like, he's, like, get off me. And the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Now, of course, there's some backstory to that, and I don't want to get into all of it, but like the Roman soldiers were obviously bringing prisoners. There's obviously ranks of people. They understand there's Roman soldiers. They understand there's prisoners. They're not sure what Paul is until this happens. They're like, "Oh, he's a murderer. He's going to Rome. He's going to get killed, like the rest of these yahoos," and and uh, that's what they're going to do. So no doubt, that's who it is. He might have survived a shipwreck, a sea. Uh, The boat being uh, overtaken by water, but he's not going to survive because the God's justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up and suddenly fall down, dead. So they're like, yep, get out the clock. Oh, yep, what does it take? Five steps, yep, yep. He's going to die. And when they had waited a long time, so it wasn't premature, they weren't like, hey, an hour's gone by. I guess you're going to live. It was like a long time. And saw no misfortune came to him. He didn't even get sick. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. (laughs) I just came to church to tell you that people are fickle, right? You all didn't know that about yourself, but now I'm telling you, right? Like I am too, right? When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad, right? And we're just tossed with every kind of thing. It's like, like you're a God. You're so awesome. You probably say this about your pastor. That's the best thing ever. He's so good. And then the next week he throws a dud, right? And he's like, says something you don't like. And you're like, you're a murderer. I hate you. You know, the best example of this is I I think in my life, I've watched it happen to James McDonald. Like I don't have a church of 14,000 people. I don't have a worldwide ministry. Right? But when you have something like that, people throw stones right? because they fit, forget they live in a glass house. So people throw stones, and people say bad things. It, so the, the best example I can give you, of, you, know, you probably feel about leaders in our society right, a certain way. You love, love them or you hate them, and it could change on the day or what they do and all these different things. Circumstances change. The point of this point is this, though. What is Paul doing? as the circumstances keep changing look at what Paul's doing We're shaking snakes off that's that's not serving no no, no. what was he doing how do you even get into the situation where a snakes on his hand what is he doing 14 days hardly any food finally one meal enough energy to swim to shore you know is he laying on the beach going oh land is he kissing the sand no what is he doing unusual kindness by these people they're all picking up sticks and making fire for him what does he do i'm sitting down by the fire warming myself i'm freezing cold what does paul do he's picking up sticks the apostle paul the writer of most of the new testament isn't like you know sipping a lemonade he's picking up sticks We've got to be counseled by this people, right? This is a guy I want to be like. I want to be like Paul. I want to be completely surrendered like Paul. That tells me something. If I want to invest now, the thing I need to do is serve. And I need to serve in every circumstance, whether it's raining outside or it's sunny, right? Whether I'm getting bit by snakes or it's not affecting me no matter what i need to be serving our savior jesus christ in every circumstance is that clear that's so clear to me like so many times we can get off of serving and on to other things i think a great example of this is my dad um <laughs> i don't know if you know my dad tom Diedrich. i just brought a picture for you but uh this is my dad, and he, he passed away about five years ago, and I love this guy so much. Um, most of who I am is because of my mom and dad, but being as it's Father's Day, I want to just say, hey, like, this is about my dad. My dad was not a perfect dad. I'm not going to paint you any, like, rose-colored glasses, right? But he was a great dad, right? Because he tried to be like Jesus Christ, right? And by God's grace, not everybody had a dad that was trying to be like Jesus Christ. Are we agreed on that, right? I just had it good, all right? And my dad, the thing about my dad, you got to know this about my dad. My dad was a hard, hard, hard worker. Like he worked. I saw him go. Um, when I was growing up, he was a cook. Before that, he worked hard on other things, but he was a cook. And he'd go to the restaurant and he'd be working all day. I mean, he went at six o'clock. He didn't get home till six o'clock at night. He worked 12-hour days most days, right? And, and it was amazing to see how hard he worked. But then he didn't come home and sit on the couch, Right, there were nights where we sat on the couch, but but the norm wasn't like I'm just going to come relax. He would go out and play with me. That was work, right? And church was important to my dad. Right, we were at the church every time the doors were open. Every time, even Friday night, okay, for faith fellowship, we were there. And my dad wasn't just there as in sitting in the pews. My dad was serving right? He was the guy going to church early, standing at the door, welcoming people as they came, whether they were early, late, or on time, right? My dad did these things, and it cultured who I am. And uh, a lot of times, it can culture what I say to you, right? And when it cultures what I'm saying to you, a lot of times it comes across unloving, because I'm like, come on, man, what's wrong with you? You should serve. But I want to back up a bit, because I never heard my dad say that one time. I never heard my dad complain. I never heard my dad badger anyone. He always did it by example. It's a cool thing, eh? And so I want you to see the example of Paul. And I want that to be enough for you. I don't want to berate you. I don't want to say, if you've been in our church a certain amount of time, what's wrong with you? I don't want to say any of that. All I want to say to you is, look at the Apostle Paul and the surrender this man has, and then look at your life and think to yourself, am I serving in every circumstance? Am I willing to get my rear end off the couch to help my wife? This is my confession, right? When I'm tired and I've had a long day, am I willing to serve in every circumstance? Even when I don't want to, even when it might be hard, even when it's cold and rainy out, even when vipers are on my hand, you know, like people are biting you, right? Am I willing to serve in every circumstance? Now, I've recounted to you somebody that's in my life that I think is an excellent example of service. But I want you to take, just a way of encouragement, take the example of Paul. But I want you to take the example of somebody in your life. Just get in your, get in your mind. Somebody you look at and you're like, man, they serve. They serve in every circumstance. You know, they're just they're just a servant. Once you get that person in your mind, get your, get that person in the mind, always serving others. Ready to act, not always looking to rest. Rest is good, but it's not. It can be an idol too. I realize everyone's in a different season, and as you think about that person, they might be in a different season than you. That's okay. But the key question is are we am i ready to serve in every circumstance that's what it means to invest now right and i got to tell you now's a good time to invest the church of jesus christ is being built by the power of the holy spirit the father has set a time when jesus christ is going to come back and i want to be caught serving my master well when he comes back, I want to be caught in the act of serving in every circumstance. Let's move on. The next point is pour out in every relationship. Three ways to invest now. Pour out in every relationship. You know, some relationships are harder than others. Is that true or what? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> some relationships are harder than others. I think if you're in a relationship with me, that's probably a pretty hard relationship. Right? But some relationships are harder than others, right? I'm a pretty high-maintenance guy. I'm intense, and it's like, never good enough. Let's go. The employees are shaking their heads. Just read it from the text. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. So the story kind of goes like they're going to stay there for three months, but for three days, the main guy, the Roman governor, says, hey, you're all with me until we can find you housing, right? And then they get dispersed, right? It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. So, I mean, I could go into what these things are. Just fever. I mean, you've all had a fever, right? Upset stomach. It's a gastric uh, kind of thing. It comes from goat's milk. It was a big epidemic in uh, Malta. Uh, I think it was 1887. Like, you could do all this research. It doesn't matter. The point is, like, this thing would last for, like, four months to, like, three years. Any time in that. So, I mean, you could be sick for a long time. You're thinking the flu is, like, 24 hours. That was bad enough, right? I mean, this is bad stuff. And dysentery was uh, something that came because of sanitit- sanitation issues. Uh, the food wasn't clean or, you know, like, your hands weren't clean. You know, it's not like today where we're like lathering up. You're like, going to church, I'm going to like, you know, oh, somebody's sick. I heard them sniffle. You're like, to the elbow, to the, to the, you know, like just lathering up. You women all have that in your purse, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. A little alcohol does everything right, okay? I know you do. My wife be coming out of the rack or something be like, kids, gather up. Like, you know, it's just, it's sad. No wonder we can't stand germs. We're not used to them. Anyway, so he's sick. You get the point. It's kind of fun to think about. Um, but it wasn't fun for this guy. It wasn't fun for, it wasn't fun for this guy at all. Like, I mean, this guy's deathly ill. He could die. Can you imagine Publius? I don't think Father's Day was invented back there. But how he felt about his dad and, and the, the amount of like concern that he might have had. And he was still serving these guys, having them over. But yet in the background, there was this like thing. My dad could die. Just think about that. Serve in every circumstance, but then this. Pour out in every relationship. And Publius was doing that, and Paul was doing that. Look what Paul did. I'm thinking I'm not going near this guy. And Paul's like, yeah, let's go do a call, right? Paul visits him and prayed and putting his hands on him. Doesn't feel like he's trying to separate himself. No doctor's mask. He healed him. No, he could talk about healing right here. That's not really the message, right? But you could go to James chapter 5, 13 through 18 to talk about what healing looks like today, right? It doesn't necessarily look like this. This is an apostle, an apostolic healing with an apostolic gift. And he's like, bam, you're healed on demand, right? Now we present ourselves to the elders of the church. We say, please, you know, pray for us. We, ha- we go through a process. I'm kind of into it now, aren't I? Yeah, It wasn't for today. You go, you go read it, all right? Sorry. I said I wasn't going to do that, and then I did. Stopping now. All right. So, so he lays hands on me, he heals him. And what happens is, and when they, this had taken place, the rest of the people, all these people on the island, everybody who was sick, who had diseases, also came and were cured. Talk about a full-time job. Like, I just healed one guy because I, lo- you know, I just want to be nice. And now it's like, everybody's here and wants healing. I think that's kind of how it goes. They also honored us greatly, and when they were about to say it, when we were about to sail, they put on, uh, put on board whatever we needed. Just think about that: how Paul pouring out in this uh, relationship, you know, and that would have never happened if Publius hadn't poured out in this relationship, and the the guys needing supplies on the ship that would have never happened if. Paul wouldn't have poured out, if Publius wouldn't have poured out. Do you see this? How pouring out into relationships kind of perpetuates itself? We're all kind of like, nobody's pouring into me. Nobody's discipling me. I'm done. Is that how it goes? That's how it went for me for several years. I was like, where's the older man? Where's the sage in my life? Where's the guy that's going to pour into me so I can be all that God wants me to be? You ever been there? Ladies, you ever been there? Where's that older woman? Where's that Titus 2 coming? Where's that going to happen in my life? We're a pretty young church. I think we have those feelings often. And I'm here to tell you, turn that feeling around. Have some empathy and go, the people underneath you, Under, I don't know, that's just the way I say it. I don't know if that's actually true. The people beside you, the people around you, older, younger, doesn't matter. People that are trailing you in the faith, who want to be as mature as you are, by God's grace, right, are looking to you to pour out. So you pouring out, that'll create the snowball. Me pouring out into relationships in every relationship, that'll start to snowball. That'll be like everybody's pouring out. And that's powerful. That's investing now. Uh, <laughs> this actually happened this spring. This is only like one-fifth of the cards. This is like one small group uh, that sent Kimberly and I cards um, and they were just like, hey, just want to bless you, just want to give you a note of encouragement, and just want to tell you how much we love you. Thanks for preaching, thanks for serving, thanks for working, thanks for. After you read like five of these, you're just like, oh my goodness. I want to pour out, you know? And then I hear in our church of people discipling other people. And the people they're discipling are like, I want to lead a small group. And you're like, of course you do. Because you're being one-on-one discipled and you have nothing but everything to pour. You have everything you want to pour out. It's natural that when we pour out into one another, we want to then continue to pour out. And it happens in the passage. Let me keep reading. There's some stuff. The map will be up here. There's going to be a map. I know you want to read in your Bible, but if you're like getting while I'm reading and you're like, oh, where's that? Just look up at the screen, right? Can you just give us the last map with all the stuff on it? Thanks, Tom. After three months, probably in February, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island a ship of Alexandria. Remember like they were on a ship of Alexandria before and it was a grain ship. So it's probably the same with the twin gods as a figurehead. You're like the twin gods. What is that? Well, it's sons of Zeus. It's Castor and Pollux. And they were supposed to protect people from the sea. Like, all right, Greek mythology in the Bible, whatever. And putting in at Syracuse, that's the first place they went. They stayed there for three days, uh, I can't preach this from the word of God, but tradition has it. Many commentators said, like the tradition is that Paul planted a church in three days. It's like that's, that's not a feat or anything. But like there's a church there because Paul, Paul planted a church there in three days. He was there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Petelia, Petelia, There we found brothers and sisters and were invited. The gospel had already gotten there and these, these people invited us to stay with them for seven days. You talk about pouring out. Paul's poured out his life for the gospel. The gospel somehow reached this place. Petili. And now there's brothers and sisters in Christ who greet him and say, hey, stay with us you got a long road ahead of you to Rome. You're going to have to walk this Appian way. And uh, just stay with us for seven days. And we'll take care of your needs. We'll take care of Julius too. We'll take care of the guys. It's crazy. Brothers and sisters are encouraging the gift of time that they give, the gift of cards, the gift of words, the gift of just being there when it's hard. So we came to Rome. So he says, We came to Rome, but then he's like, Hey, let me explain it to you. So here it is, the next verse. And the brothers there at Rome, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius. That's 43 miles away from Rome. They traveled 43 miles because they heard that Paul was traveling towards them. And three taverns, I'm just going to say this, probably three bars tavern any three places to stay that had a watering hole to meet us that was 30 miles away from Rome on seeing them Paul thanked God and took courage I want you to think about this I want you to think about how you pouring out in every relationship really affects people here's an example we're gonna act like men that's why I'm wearing the vest you won't see it every week it's just a one-time deal all right we were at act like men and uh there was other churches in our tribe called the wolves right here and uh there was other other people there's about 150 guys just short of 150 guys and we had a team captain from elgin and we had uh guys from all over chicago we had guys from granger we had guys from rockford they're all in our tribe right wolf pack was a certain guy um that i kind of knew he'd been to our church before from granger and uh you know, he was there, and he, but he wasn't kind of fitting in with the Granger group. He was kind of on the outside, and he came over to our, our our site, and he just started hanging out with us. And our guys, right, they have all these relationships. They have these things they want to manage, you know, and they, are like, want to pour in. They want to go deeper with their small group guys and all this stuff. But no regard for that. Sure, I got another. I got another gear. You need a little love? And you want to be a part of this team? You want to be part of this group? Our guys, I watched them pour out in this guy's life. His name's Mike. You can pray for him. Like, just watched him pour out into Mike. Just watched him. You know, just all in with you, Mike. You're one of us. Matter of fact, we say 30 guys went with us. Mike's the 30th guy. <laughs> and I'm hearing reports all week from his father-in-law that goes to our church saying, hey, you won't You don't understand how much this meant to Mike. Like he loved you guys and and he felt belong he had a sense of belonging and you know that you guys pouring into him just make it just a different trajectory. His whole weekend was just different, you know. That's a big deal. I know that you guys are pouring out. I know we have that in our church. Thank you. Right? Says Paul, you know, thanked God. He was encouraged. I'm encouraged with the notes you write. I'm encouraged by what I see, the small groups. I was at the small group this week, right? I'm encouraged by how people are pouring into the relationships that they're in. And it gives us courage, doesn't it, to put ourselves out there again? It gives us courage to go, yeah, I'll just pour out another time. This one might be hard. This one might be really fruitful. I don't know, but I'm just going to do it again because I know from past experience that God's glorified, and I'll be grateful, and it'll encourage me, and it'll cause me again to be refreshed. Thanks for pouring out. Hope that you know if you're sitting here and you're like, "Man, I'm not doing that in this church," you can join a small group today, right? You can pour out into relationships. You can you can go serving kids. You can pour out into that relationship. You could just. There's so many opportunities for you. Let me just pause a second and thank God for the community we have and the way that you guys pour out. But let me also pray that others will join in that community, okay? God, we're preaching now the last chapter of Acts, and we've just seen it here so clearly that we serve in every circumstance, that we pour out in every relationship. And I know that there's people here, God, that have poured into me. I know there's people here, Lord, that have poured into other people around them. And it has made a world of difference. It has encouraged people. It has given you glory. We are grateful. God, help us now to take courage to do this again and again. Help us to put ourselves out there, no matter young or old, and just be out there with our relationship again. Just be pouring out in relationships again. God, please help those that are like, man, this is a foreign concept. I don't know what you're talking about. Help them to understand it and grasp it and want it. God, give us that opportunity today. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Give us the courage, right? Give us the courage to go g- deeper, Lord. Hey, here's the last point. Not just serve in every circumstance, that's investing now. Not just pour out in every relationship, that's investing now. But give hope in every opportunity. Give hope in every opportunity now there's a little more to read so just let me read it and then I'm going to unpack it for you after three days so he's been in Rome three days now kind of gets his bearings did I skip a verse yeah I did okay good It it wasn't just me then okay verse 16 pick it up there and when we came into Rome Paul was allowed to stay by himself which is astounding kind of a house arrest with the soldier who guarded him. So he's chained, okay? Chain on him, chain on a soldier. We can live together, right? It's kind of awkward, kinda, but kind of cool considering the other result is like I'll be in a dungeon somewhere, right? So he's got a lot of freedoms, a lot of opportunities, and he waits for three days. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. He couldn't go to the synagogue. He couldn't take this Roman soldier in there with him. So he asked them to come to him. Right, And so he sent word and he asked them, he said to them, Brothers, when they had come, he said, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people, I think that's great, nothing against our people, or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from uh, Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, how many times was he examined? (laughs) It's like... When they examined me multiple times, right? And I'd share my story many times. They wished to set me at liberty. That means to set me free. Because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. I haven't done anything, guys. I shouldn't die. But because the Jews objected, they're like, no, 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 no. He's, a, he's evil. <laughs> I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. So I was like, yeah, I got to go to Rome. I want to I want to talk to Caesar. Though I'm sure that wasn't a light decision. Though I had no charge to bring against my nation. So I appealed to Caesar and I'm like, I don't have anything against the Jews, but I'm not going to go get killed in Jerusalem just for no reason. For this reason therefore, I have asked to see you and to speak with you since it is because of the hope I want you to circle that word. Remember, we spent a lot of time on that about a month ago in when I preached chapters 24 through 26. You can go back and listen to the message if you didn't hear it. But I want you to circle that word hope. Because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. It is because of the hope of Israel, the Messiah, the risen Savior, the resurrection of the dead. Remember, we talked about all this. And they said to him, Yeah, we heard of you, you're evil, go die. No, that's not what they said. Here it is. We have received no letters from Judea about you. And none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. Can you say the word opportunity? Hey, we'd love to hear about what you're talking about. This hope you're talking about? Give me some hope, please. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. This third point, give hope in every opportunity, is coming about before our very eyes. We know, uh, for with regard to the sect, right, the Nazarenes, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. We do know that. We know that this is not a good thing. But we want to hear more. We want to make our own decision. Okay, so verse 23. Everybody there? Okay, you're there? Okay, good. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. Can I just say this about that? I sent out a video on Friday just saying, hey, come, everybody come to church. Everybody just, y'all get that? Who got the video? Okay, good. A lot of you guys watch that. Good. Okay, so here's the thing. I want you to know right here, great numbers Uh, Luke makes a point of saying, it was bigger crowd than we thought. It was greater numbers than we expected. I got to say to you, that really encouraged Paul. You know how I know from personal experience. (laughs) Because when you're here, bright shining faces, or even like just hoping God will meet with you because it's been a hard week. But when you're here, when your presence is felt, when all of you gather together, we're encouraged. Brent's encouraged. I'm encouraged. We're all encouraged, right? Look at how full it is. Look at, God's doing a work. Greater numbers encourages us. From morning till night, all day, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God, the gospel, and trying to convince or persuade them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Do you know what the law of Moses is? Somebody tell me. Tell me. First five books of the Bible, okay? First five books of the Bible, the Torah, right? That's the law of Moses, okay? And then what's the prophets? The rest of the Old Testament. So I spent all day trying to take you through the whole Old Testament, right? No, they didn't have the Bible like we do. So he was like reciting for them this this, this, right? Remember when it says in Isaiah. Remember when it says in Numbers, remember when it says in Deuteronomy, remember when it says in Jeremiah, remember when it he's just woo, woo, woo. for a whole day he's quoting scripture. I'm feeling this big, right? Trying to convince them about Jesus from both the law and the prophets, and some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Isn't that the truth? Isn't the Bible that divisive? Doesn't it cut deep and divide the believer from the unbeliever? Doesn't it do that? Have you ever read it and just been like, I believe that, or I don't? I mean, it is so black and white when you read it. And disagreeing among themselves. So these guys had relationship. And now the word of God had penetrated between the relationship, and now they're like, Well, I believe it. I don't believe it. Well, I believe it. I don't believe it. Well, I believe it. I don't believe it. And so they all leave because they have relationship. You would think the ones that believed it would stay, right? But that was like today. We just started this thing, Paul, you and me. So they leave arguing with each other about what's true. That's the situation we find ourselves all because of this. They departed after Paul had made this one statement. I'd like to read this to you from Isaiah chapter 6, 9 and 10. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, quoting, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? (laughs) That's what he's saying. But never understand. That's kind of a slap in the face, huh? You're hearing me, but you don't understand. You will indeed uh, see, but never perceive. You're going to see it, but you're not going to know what the picture is. You can't really make it out. Ever seen one of those pictures where you got to look at it just right for long enough, and it's like, oh, there it is. You won't perceive it. You won't really get it. For this people's heart is grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, (laughs) their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn. I want you to circle that in your Bible. And turn. And turn. And I would heal them. Now, it's great that we get to see him talking to them. Is that great? He's giving hope in this opportunity that God's created. And it's great. We get to like peer in. Are you seeing it? We're like looking in on it going, whoa, that's cool. Look at how Paul goes from the Old Testament and he like preaches the gospel to these guys. It's so cool. Here, let's peer in. Here's a couple of verses on the screen, okay? Okay, here it is. Numbers or not Numbers, Numbers 21, but uh, he quotes it in John. Uh, Jesus quotes to Nicodemus. You ever heard of that story? Yeah, right before John 3.16, you probably know that verse. Here it is. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. He's basically referencing Numbers 21, and he's saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, when you see me on a cross, Jesus says, you're going to know. From the Old Testament that I am the Messiah, that I am the risen Savior. And what does John 3.16 say? For God, in this context, telling Nicodemus, like we quote it out of context every time, in this context, telling Nicodemus, just like the serpent was raised up, right, in the wilderness, and you had to look on the serpent and believe once you were bit by a snake. Does this relate to our story at all? I don't, I don't know, maybe. Right, you're bit by a snake. Run to the pool, baby! And look at the pole. And you'll be saved. That's the Old Testament. And Jesus brings it to the New Testament. He says, just like that, I'm going to be lifted up on a pole. And anybody that looks on me and says, I believe, I believe Jesus died for me. Anybody that looks on that pole and believes, right? For God. So loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not perish, won't die in eternal death, but will have everlasting life. Now maybe you're hearing that for the first time today, but we're peering into what Paul is saying. He was proving this from the Old Testament. Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus. Here's another one from the prophets this time Isaiah 53 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his stripes we were healed he was beaten for us hey all we like sheep have gone astray we have all turned everyone to his own way so we all turned our back on Jesus we went our own way And the Lord laid on him, the guy we turned our back on, the iniquity of us all. All our sins on Jesus. Does that make sense? Is everybody clear on that? And we turned our back and we walked away. And so when you get into this passage and we're peering in to what happened with Paul and these guys. And he says, the Holy Spirit said it was going to be like this. The Holy Spirit said you were going to listen. You're here, but you weren't going to hear right? You weren't going to understand. The Holy Spirit said you would see. You're seeing my mouth move. You're seeing me quote scriptures, but you don't perceive the truth. Your heart isn't getting it, and therefore you're still walking this way. And what I got to say to you is, please, please stop walking this way. Now that we're looking in on the situation and we're seeing that these guys walked out when Paul said this, don't walk out on this. Don't walk out on this. Don't stop listening. Don't stop seeing. What God says we must do to be healed is turn, right? We all went astray. That's my story. That's your story. We've all done it. God says to be healed. We must turn. Turn to what? Turn to the cross of Jesus Christ. Turn to the blood that was spilled for our sins. Turn and believe that he and he alone can rescue me, can save me. That's what the next verse talks about. Therefore, because of all that we've said now, let it be known to you that this salvation, salvation is such a churchy word, isn't it? Yeah, you want to talk about salvation again. Salvation, it's just a churchy thing to do. Salvation is a, I'm going to rescue you from your self word. And we all need that. We all need to have that turning point. Salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. I think there's a lot of Gentiles here. There might be a few Jews. Either way, are you willing to turn and be healed? That's really the point. He's giving them hope in every opportunity. He's giving them hope. And the hope is found in Jesus Christ. Him alone. I implore you, I beg you, as we walk out of Acts. I mean, how many weeks have we preached the gospel from Acts 2, where he's like, repent, every one of you, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And he keeps going, and everywhere in Acts, he keeps saying it, he keeps saying jesus there's one name whereby you must be saved it is jesus so many times we've preached this i don't want you to walk out of acts and not have this do you understand the pastor's heart for you do you understand christ's love for you you've come you've been here week in week out you've heard it said jesus is the way the truth the life it's it Don't add anything to it. Don't think you can do it on your own. Don't walk away and not understand or perceive. Pray to God that he will heal you and turn physically and emotionally, spiritually, mentally towards the cross of Jesus Christ. Turn towards the cross and be saved. Are you listening? Can you hear it? Can you hear the voice of Jesus Christ calling? He's already paid the debt. He's calling. He's put the Holy Spirit in this room to testify, to ask you. Don't you believe it's true? What else could be true? What other way would there be? God's clear. He's so clear. I'm giving you hope. I'm hopefully modeling for you. You can do it with so many other people. I'm giving you hope in every opportunity. This is my opportunity. Once a week, I get to speak to you, and I'm giving you hope in a resurrected Christ. Then he moves on. He lived there for two whole years at his own expense. (laughs) I love this phrase, and he welcomed all who came to him. You want to hear about Jesus? You want to hear about my travels? You want to hear about what God's done in my life? I welcome you, and I want to tell you all about it. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. God is building his church and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. I would love for you to go read Isaiah 6. God in His throne room today and be astounded by the fact that God at the end of when he says you won't hear you won't see he says but I'll give you a stump I'll give you a stump there's gonna be a stump his name is Jesus right and then if you flip over to Isaiah chapter 11 and chapter 12 12 is particularly encouraging and you start reading about how Jesus is the one that saves us Isaiah 6, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 12. Go read that today. I'm not going to take your time now, but go read that today. Just think. As we walk out of Acts 28 and out of the book of Acts, just think. With all boldness and without hindrance. It seems like it ends kind of abruptly, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> off the cliff. Nothing more? that's it okay could you get a like goodbye like a grace and peace to you or uh we'll talk again later why is it so abrupt the commentators are like oh he luke ran out of paper or ink i think the holy spirit's been writing all along i think he could just paper and ink right it's God writing it, right? Well, 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 he wanted to get paid, you know, and Theophilus needed his stuff, and so he just. I believe that the reason it walks off a cliff and it ends so abruptly is because we are Acts 28. We are the ones to go boldly into our culture and say, Jesus is the Christ. That's us. That's why it ends. You're the story now. You go do it. Everything we've talked about for a whole year, it's in you. You have to go live it out now. I'd love to say there'll be no hindrance. We know better than that. In Paul's life, there were many hindrances. It doesn't promise you no hindrance. When it gets hard, suffer well and be ready to die for Jesus Christ. But Paul had two years of unhindered ministry. And i got to tell you, in Rochester, we've had almost five years of unhindered ministry. So when the going gets tough, what are we going to do? Keep pressing in. Keep going forward. Whether it's hindered or not, we go forward boldly, right? That gives you reason to ask people to one body, doesn't it, this week? Acts 29. It gives you reason if you haven't been baptized In the name of Jesus Christ, to be baptized next Saturday night at One Body. It gives you a reason to serve in this local church. And if not this one, whatever church you decide to go to. But God loves the church, it's his bride, and we should serve. It gives us reason to pour out in our small groups, in our relationships. It gives us reason to give hope to each other through the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to be Acts 28 as we walk out of here. All right? I thought we'd close by standing, so go ahead and stand. We've kind of sang this song several times as we've gone through. The story continues with us. We are the church of God. We are unstoppable. We must invest now.